what it's like to become as a little child. Tonight's teaching in the Bible may be one of the mo- one of the more profound truths of Scripture. Yet it appears to be super simple. What I like about God is He'll put something in super simple terminology that is profound. Excuse me for... I'm not quite over my cold, by the way, if you shook my hand. If you shook my hand, I was free. But... uh, Can we turn that one light off there? And then turn that down to half? Turn this to half. Okay, here's the verses. We'll read them and then go on in a sense. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now you want to remember that because that's the question that the rest of the verses I'm going to go through hinges on. The disciples were people like you and me. They had they they were they knew the thing was coming to an end. Jesus was ready to give himself over. They didn't understand it all, even though he told them plainly what he was going to do. And, and they were already beginning to vie for position in the kingdom of God. Who's going to be the leader? Who's going to be number two? Who's going to be number three? I suppose they could figure it out when Jesus always, in special meetings, took Peter, James, and John and left the rest of them. I suppose you'd, get, you'd kind of get it after a while when Peter, always named first, Peter, James, and John would be the two sons of thunder and Peter would go into you know, Mount of Transfiguration or any of them special events. The rest of them boys didn't get part of that. And he took them to the side and he tra- trained them specifically. You could, you could expect a little bit of jealousy. You could expect a little bit of like, Hey, we're as good as they. In fact, have you seen the way Peter's been acting lately? He ought to be last on the list. Right? It happened to Moses, didn't it? Didn't the leaders, the leadership of Israel go to Moses and tell him, we're as holy as you are? We're chosen of God just like you are. You don't have anything on us. And uh, you, you, you're, you're taking too much on as being our leader. Now, what's crazy is Moses' Bible says the meekest of all men. He didn't really want it. You know the five questions he asked God was trying to get out of it. When God says, I'm sending you to Egypt, he was like, how about you send Aaron? How about you send that guy down the road? I mean, you know, he had five questions. And all five questions were pretty much trying to get out of it. And God says, you're going. He knew Egypt. He was raised by him. He knew what he was facing. You're not just going to walk in a saunter into into the Pharaoh's chamber and say, we're taking about two and a half million of your best workers and we're leaving. Oh, by the way, we're going to take their cattle and their wealth and and everything and we're going to leave. And that wasn't going to happen. And uh, he, he figured it was going to take, and, you know, I mean, I think he got the idea that it was going to be a super, super, super move for God to do something like that, which you know it was. And so we see that there's a jousting for position here already going on. And the same time disciples came to Jesus and said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They were know it was coming. It's not good. Not a good question, really. And Jesus called a little child. Now, from what I understand of the language there, it's a child under three years old. Unto him, 
and set him in the midst of them. That'd be like uh, Owen, maybe? Around Owen's age? Taking Owen. If you guys would say, who's, who's going to be the greatest? Owen, come up here. You can visualize him standing here. Well, first of all, he's not going to stand still. Amen. And he'll pick his nose. Because anytime a child gets nervous, they pick their nose. I mean, they don't care what you think. They don't care. This, I'm, this, is, this goes along with what I'm teaching. And when they get something out of their nose, what do they do? <clears throat> and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as a little ch children, as become as little children, ye, that's plural, shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not only will you not have a position in the kingdom, you don't get to go. Okay, so what else did he say? He said a couple other things. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same as greatest in the kingdom of heaven, whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receive with me. You don't need any more impetus than what you see right there for children's ministry. Every church is right with God ought to be all over children's ministries. I mean, we try to be. You know, the WANA program, that's not an easy program to run. And the bus, they're running the bus at night. You ask Chris, they run that bus in San Carlos Park, and some of you people are on that bus. It's a, it's a wild, you know what I'm talking about, Tom? Tom, you're Dr. Dr. Tom Gillespie, a noted veterinarian of, of, of stature in our, in our area, driving that old bus at night with them kids were hanging out the windows and, I don't know how he does it. Chris, Chris did it a couple of times. He says, I don't know how he does it. And, and, and uh, why, kid? That's enough right there. Whosoever shall receive one such little one in my name, receive with me. Hello. Bus ministry. Hello, Sunday school. Hello. All these children's ministries that we're trying to do. Oh, God, because, you know, he cares about the little ones. Almost everything that God expects from us is opposite of our natural ideas of what we think He should. In the Bible, you lose your life to find it. You give to receive, right? You die to live. You humble yourself to get exalted. You serve all to lead all. <clears throat> you become like a child to get treated like an adult. Opposite, opposite of our normal thinking. Jesus had no children of his own. We know that. Isaiah 53 8 says he was taken from prison from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? He was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people. Was he stricken? He had no children. A commentator said of Jesus, his name was Bengal, if you care about that. He had no children that he might adopt all children. <clears throat> He had no children, and he might adopt all children. Jesus uses the word children in the description of his own. I think that's interesting. It's nothing by accident. Uh, we're, we're in Matthew 5, 9, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, we're the children of your father. In Matthew 8, 12, he's the children of the kingdom. That's what we're called, children of the kingdom. 
Luke 16, 8 says, children of the highest. Luke 20, verse 36 says, we're children of the resurrection. Romans chapter 9, verse 26 says, we're children of the living God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 says, we're children of the day. Glory. So those that are saved, if you're born again here tonight, you're one of God's dear children. One of His children. In our text, Jesus uses the same analogy for qualifying for personal salvation. Verse 3 says, <clears throat> excuse my voice here, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now I want you to note something on that phrase, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. In the Greek, that's a double negative. What, what, let me read it with, that, with emphasizing the double negative. You shall not know, or you shall know not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a double negative. Know not. In no wise are you going to enter in if you become as a little child. Now, you're not saved by works, but if you are saved, it works. It transforms you by the renewing of your mind. That's what the Romans chapter 12, 1 through 2 says. You're transformed. If a baby's born and they don't breathe and move, we say they're dead. But how do we know they're alive? They have animation. That's one of the words for life in the Greek is animate, to animate, to move, to breathe. One of the things, the first time I ever saw a dead body, one of the things that struck me, I think I was 12 years old, the first time I saw a dead body was my grandfather. He wasn't breathing. Now, I don't, I never up to that Time noticed that I noticed whether you were breathing or not. You know what I mean by that? I notice. I look at Jeff. I don't know whether he's breathing or not. But if Jeff died, there'd be a mark different. First of all, you'd feel something different. That's because his spirit and soul's gone. But you'd also notice something different. He's not. There's nothing moving. You become, and so. Well, anyway. No, not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Children are in some ways like those of the kingdom of God. That's what the Bible says. Mark chapter 10, verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased because they forbid the children to come to him. And he said, Suffer or permit the little children to come unto me. Forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Man, I got to pound this into my head. I don't know if you got to pound it into your head because this is not who we are want to become. We want to be mature. We want to be dignified. We want to be adult-like, which is the opposite of what we're hearing and what we're seeing Jesus teaching right now. Uh, so what are some of the questions would be, I'm going to answer, what are some of the characteristics of little children that we must have? Makes sense. Children are in some ways, then, according to the Bible, like those of the kingdom. How? First of all, I'd say a child is transparent. In other words, they, they basically have no personal pride. I'm not saying they don't have some pride, because you can hurt a little kid's feelings. I've done it. Imagine that. So, there's something about them. I'm talking about two, three-year-olds. 
There's something about him that's just real. There's no put on. You know, if they got a scratch, they itch it. If their nose itches, they, they itch it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If they slobber down their chin, they ain't real, not real concerned about it. Now, I'm not saying we're to be, we're, we're to be uncouth. Don't, take, don't go home and say, preacher said to be uncouth, so I ain't wiping my mouth next time I eat. You're okay. But you transparent. You're not afraid to... You're not worried whether you have faults or what people will think you may have faults. You do have faults. And the Bible says about that to confess your faults one to another. The word fault is the word for sin. That's not a bragamony about how my sin is worse than your sin or I got saved for more than you got saved. I've heard testimonies kind of like that. But that's not what he's talking about there. That's just like if you're having trouble with something, you're not afraid to admit it. I'm struggling. There, I, I'm going to talk about Abdiel. I'm going to talk about Abdiel. He's not here, is he? Good. Abdiel, if you're watching, shut it off. You don't want to hear this. So we had a deacon's meeting. He's one of the DIT. DIT means deacon in training. That's young men that we've asked to come in young, stretching a little bit with Troy. But nevertheless, there's some young men that we've asked to come in and and to just sit with us and to see how we do business. And, and, and then we want to see who they are and how they react under pressure and all that other stuff. And, and eventually, hopefully, by the grace of God, uh, they will become up for to be voted by you folks if you want them. If you want them. Because we don't put deacons in. You do. And if you feel like they ought to be deacons by majority, 75 plus percent, then they'll become a deacon. If not, God bless America. You know, take it for the will of God. And so... Uh, Abdiel, unknown to me, was having some trouble with his with one of his children. And he said to the deacons at the end of the meeting, he says, Men, would you come and pray for me? Because I need I need help in my family. Now, I'll tell you, not many people even want to admit you're having any trouble. Pride. I don't want anybody to know I'm having trouble with my kids. He just he just brought it out. He said, I'm having trouble, and he explained what it was a little bit. He said, would you folks just pray for me? We'd have the right decision. I just, I thought to myself, childlike, 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 childlike. Spiritual. That rang true to me. A spiritual. That's the Holy Spirit. Natural man doesn't do that. He usually wants to hide weaknesses. Not want to put them out there for the rest of the deacons. Oh, now all the rest of the deacons know I'm having trouble with my kids. Well, they might as well, because if you have kids, we know you're having trouble. What do you, who do you think we are? Second thing I notice about children is they're humble. They have nothing to lose and nothing to gain. They're humble. A humble person doesn't know they're humble. A proud person thinks they're humble. But a humble person thinks they're proud. It's a strange kind of a thing. It's the third thing I notice is they're honest. Pretty much what you see is what you get. Now, not that little children don't lie at times. They do. But what you see pretty much is what you get. If I go to, uh, don't ever let me babysit your children. Especially if they're about five, four or five years old. Because I can go to Huber's boys and I say, now, how is your daddy treating your mommy? 
And you know, they don't care what I think of you guys or what I think of their, your family or anything. He'll say, man, dad, the other night grabbed my mom by the hair and drug her through the house. That didn't happen. But they'd tell you if it happened. So trust me, they'll tattle on you guys like a crazy man. They'll go tell every little thing you ever did at the house. Boy, my mom and dad, they're, they're going to go bankrupt. You never tell anybody, would you? But the kid don't mind it. I'll tell everybody. I'll, I'll shout it on high, man. That's the kid. That's, on, that's just sincere honesty. How do you feel today? Oh, I'm fine. You feel rotten. I know not everybody wants to hear your sad, your sad story when they ask you that. That's kind of a, one of them strange questions, how you doing? Nobody wants to know. If you start telling them, they walk off it. Fourth thing I notice about children is they're sensitive to parents' will. They'll watch their mom's face, how she reacts, looking for approval and being concerned about disapproval. Oh, you watch a kid look at their mom on that. They can make a face. They can make a voice change. And the child's like, they're sensitive to the will of their parent. You want to be like a child? Be sensitive to the will of God. Be, be desirous to please Him. And upset if He's upset at you. Tender conscience, number five. Confesses wrong done readily. Number six, trusting. Boy, this is big with children, small children. Completely relying and trusting mom and dad. My mom and dad were in business for themselves pretty much their whole life. Well, maybe from, from 30 years old on. And I, I was born, he was 33, so I only ever knew them in business for themselves. When business for yourself, it may appear that everything's wonderful, but what amounts to you get to work twice the normal hours, sometimes for half the money, sometimes not. But my mom and dad, my dad would work all day installing, and then he'd come home at night, eat, change, quick bite to eat, change, and then do three hours of estimate, estimating because people came in during the day and they wanted their kitchen estimated for a floor or bathroom estimated for a floor. And he would then go out at 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock and estimate and give people. That was his work coming down the road. He did that as long as I can remember, as long as I was home. He would say, Billy, come with me. He'd be alone. He didn't want, you know, he didn't want to go out alone, so he'd say, Billy, come with me. He didn't care. Well, oh, my child's got to get to bed before 8 o'clock. Oh, stop. Well, if he doesn't, he gets grouchy. He gets whipped, too. In other words, they'd let you stay up late. You'd be grouchy in the morning. You'd get a spanking, and you'd learn not to do that. You didn't, just because you felt grouchy doesn't mean you have to express it. And so they would, they would take me out till 10 o'clock, sometimes 10.30, the reason the estimates were so long, a lot of times my dad would tell them about Jesus more than he told them about the floor covering. They'd say, are you worried like tell the boxer? Because he was well known in Elkhart. Are you the boxer? And he'd say, yeah, I was, I was. Are you the Golden Glove, 1939 Golden Glove? And they'd be, I thought, oh, brother, here we go. So then they'd tell him, about, but he'd say, I got saved 33 years old. And they said, you did? Yeah, I got you. So he'd go and give him the testimony. He was a tremendous witness for Christ. And sometimes he'd lead him to Christ. And we'd pray And while I was there. And I'm like, let's go home, Dad. Let's go. 
I don't, I don't care if they die without Christ. I want to go home. I mean, that's, that's the honest truth. I was just like, I don't even care. I just want to go home, man. And then we wouldn't get the job. On top of that, sometimes. You know what? I hear my mom say, oh, Ori, if things don't turn around, we're going to have to declare bankruptcy. This was during a recession of 60. Well, we had a recession. In, we had recessions about every four or five years. One in 68 for sure. One in 73, I think. One in 80. But this is before that. This has been in the 60s and 50, in the 50s, late 50s and 60s. We'd have a recession. Work would go bad and they couldn't pay the bills. You know, couldn't pay the bills. Had to let people go. And my mom was a worry ward. She worried enough for three people. As a kid, I slept like a baby because I trusted my mom and dad. I didn't worry about all that. So I thought, uh, we'll have food, we'll have shelter, we'll have everything. Let them worry. My mom, like I say, my mom worried for dad, me, and the rest of the kids, and she was worried about that. That's a kid. Trust God. So we want, we want to be humble. We want to be honest. We want to be sensitive to our parents' will. We want to be tender in our conscience toward God. Confess our wrongs readily. Trusting in Him. Seventh thing notice is we have a clear conscience. Nothing between you and God. A small child tends, if, they, if they've done something wrong, they tend to not be happy till it comes out. My, my brothers taught me how to do bad things. I was a baby of the family. And they taught me how to smoke. So we'd go up on the chicken coop and we'd smoke. Why were we on the chicken coop? Because we felt smoke went up. And my parents wouldn't smell it. What, what we didn't realize is smoke stuck to you. So I'd go inside as a little kid, and my mother would be like, you smell like smoke. I don't know why. I don't know why. I, uh, and so, you know, eventually it came out. came out. We're smoking on the chicken coop. My conscience just wouldn't let it go on. So do you have these characteristics? Do you have some of them? Do you have some of them? Would you feel good about standing in God's presence tonight? God's presence. Would you feel good tonight? Tonight. To stand in front of the Holy One of Israel. I know one night you will. I'm sure of this. One night, you will. How many here have ever had AFib? You have AFib. Raise your hand. 25% of the men have AFib. Some men, women too. When you have an AFib attack, if it's bad, mine's, mine's real radical. And I, I often think, you know, that thing may just stop. I'm saying, praise God. So you confess your sins, my wife's sins, Marilyn's sins. You know, I confess everybody's sins. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go, Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And uh, I'm like Job. I'm sacrificing for my son Troy in case he did something wrong. And, no. But one night, some night, it's going to be your last night. Are you ready? You say, I am. Well, then you got to be like a little child. Because being like a little child are the characteristics of those who are going to enter the kingdom of heaven. He's telling his disciples, you guys are talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. 
You're not even in the same world. That's this world. The Gentiles vie for position and power. But my disciples don't do that. They're like these little children. Except you be converted, it becomes this little child. You'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. And you say, Brother Bill, I can't become like a little child. No, you got to let God do that. But when you get converted, you let God make you as a little child. I'm not what I used to be. I'm better by the grace of God. I'm getting more like a little child and less, less important in my own eyes, smaller in my own eyes. I've been signing my paper, my uh, correspondence. Um, been signing my correspondence. I used to sign my correspondence Bill. I've signed my correspondence Bill for a long, long time. Just lately, I started signing it Billy. Billy. That sounds almost childish. I wonder why. Pretty soon I may start signing it Little Billy. It's not, it's not 70 years. I'm not 70, by the way. And Chris said in that sermon that he worked for a guy that was 70 years old. I don't know who he's talking about. I'm 69 years old, and I got two, almost two full months before I'm 70. I hope you long to spend time with God like a child longs to see his mom and dad. I remember years ago, Brother Moon was walking across. He and I were walking across from the auditorium to the two-story building, and there's a playground over there, you know, the, the lunch area. And I remember little Micah coming out, running out there and said, Daddy, 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 may I come to you? Now we have such disciplined children here, they ask whether they can come. I love that. And he said, come on. And little Micah, man, just ran like he could and he grabbed me. Nobody likes me that much. And not long ago, I was with Chris out there. And I heard, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And it was a wheelbarrow. And he says, Are you Daddy? And Daddy goes, Are you looking forward to seeing Jesus? Looking forward to seeing Jesus? Remember, it's his analogy, not mine. It's his analogy, not yours. It's in the book. And it's consistently taught. If you feel dread at the day of standing before God, you need to do something about it. Why do you dread seeing Jesus? Do something about it. Don't let it, don't let it stay there. Whatever is making you dread, change it. Confess it. Get it out of the way. Move. Whatever it is. Put yourself to a place where you can where you can say, Lord Jesus. People say they're looking forward to the streets of gold and all the things that heaven may hold for us, the beauty of it all. I don't think that's really, I think that's going to be great. I, I'm not saying it won't be. He made it that way, but it's going to be to see Jesus who died for me. Who loved me when I was so unlovable. I know it's hard for you to believe that there was a day I was unlovable. 
No, it's not hard for you to think that. I can't imagine. I got to almost pinch myself that God loves me. Maybe one of the harder doctrines I've had trouble with is God loving me. I wonder why. I wonder why. I've failed Him so many times. I'm comforted by the passage that says the righteous falleth seven times and riseth up again. I'm comforted by that. I think I went past seven a while back, but God's there for us. Well, I hope this helps some. It's Jesus' words. Talk to His disciples to help them. It can help us. Father, thank You for the few minutes together. This cannot be received naturally by the power of man. But it can be received by the Holy Spirit and the unction of the Holy Spirit and that still small voice. Teach us what this is all about. Help us to have it. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.